Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts, exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organization improve performance. I'm your host, Jeremy Shear. Welcome to the podcast. My guest is Julian Lee, Organizational Change Management Practice Lead at GP Strategies. Julian, thanks a lot for making time to talk. Thank you, Jeremy. I'm happy to be a part of this and looking forward to the conversation. Me too. So now in a minute, we're going to talk about tactical change management as it applies to organizational change management. But first, say a few words about yourself, about your background in this field and about your work at GP Strategies. Okay. I've been in organizational change management since 1992. So that's been a while, back when it wasn't so popular and wasn't so sought after. And this is my second stint with GP Strategies. I have a a five-year stint that I worked with them in the past, and then I went off on another career path, and now I'm back with GP and happy to be so. Okay, great. So now, again, we're talking about tactical change management. So first, let's define that term and explain the difference between tactical change management and strategic change management as they relate to organizational change management. Okay, very good, Jeremy. The uh, tactical change management that we are alluding to means the the process of executing certain tactics, activities to reach a certain outcome. There are certain tactics that we identify as part of our strategy, and those tactics are meant to get down to the root cause of resistance and also understand why people might respond to change a certain way. And it allows us to be more on boots on the ground in terms of our execution. So it's all about execution when we talk about talk about tactics or being tactically delivering change management. And, and it's those activities that drive in results and solutions and help drive adoption. Okay, I get it. So it's like strategy is like the big picture, like the overall plan. And the tactics are how you implement that plan. Yeah, I've got a good analogy. So if you think of some folks may not be old enough to understand or realize the old paper maps that we used to have, Mm, you have to to unfold them. Well, you could plot a course on that map, but that map would show you end to end how to get there. But it wouldn't tell you what to drive, how to drive, right? So strategy is the roadmap. How Mm. you get there is the tactical execution, whether I jump in a car that can get me there in a shorter period of time or one that um, more comfortable, or I take the bus, all those are tactics from getting from point A to point B. So the strategy mm-hmm. is the roadmap, how you get there and what you drive along the way is how I like to describe the tactical execution. Right. Okay. All the little decisions along the way that, Absolutely. that you have to make. It's yeah. funny. I am old enough to remember those paper <laughs> maps. Man, it's so much better now. GPS is a world changer. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't really know how to get it anywhere anymore. You know, I just rely on the machine. But anyway. Absolutely. But that's a, okay. So that's a good analogy. So tactical execution then of strategy. How is that a key to user adoption? How is that key to managing change and getting people on board with change? Well, if you think about laying out the strategy, right? And you, so there's that roadmap. So I'm going to use another car analogy. Tactical execution or tactical change management is where the rubber meets the road. This is where you understand how a particular stakeholder group or individuals within an organization are going to be affected by the change. And you put mitigating solutions or activities in place to help them overcome what you've discerned that they are going to experience. So it's critical to adoption because that's where you meet 
specific people within the organization face to face. So you've got your frontline supervisors, then you have the people that that do the work. So when you're doing the tactical execution, you're working with those frontline supervisors and you are identifying what their employees might experience. So I wouldn't say a far cry, but it's, it's a little bit of distance between what the strategy lays out and then tactically executing the change management so people understand how they're going to be affected and what they need to do to get ready and how the, uh, what the process is going to be like for them to go from that point A to point B. Okay, that makes sense. And it would seem like, so putting that strategy into practice, you might encounter things you didn't expect. And so even if you had, like, we're going to use these tactics, that might change, right? Mm -hmm. As you're actually doing it on the ground, like the overall strategy won't change ideally, but the specific tactics at any given moment, you might have to change those, right? Absolutely. There's typically an assessment that's conducted, which is considered a tactic, and that will give you an idea of what strategy components would need to be put in place. But then as you go along, and I guess we just stick with the analogy of driving, sometimes there's scenarios that cause you to take a different route. So to your point, that's what happens when you're executing tactics or you have deliverables associated with what you're trying to accomplish. Sometimes based on the organization, based on the culture, based on a certain scenario, you might have to employ a different tactic in order to get uh, the result that you need. Yeah. And so it would seem that it's important not to get too tied to any one set of tactics that to be able to recognize when something's just not working. Absolutely. And that's one of the core capabilities of organizational change management consultants, in my mind, is that having a roadmap for which to go by, but having the flexibility and understanding that we don't have to go from step A to step B if B is not applicable. So we can go to a step C. So whatever tactics fit the client's profile and what we're trying to accomplish, those are the ones that you employ. Yeah. Okay. Right. That makes sense. So now what are some examples of tactics that in your experience are proven to be good at engaging people who otherwise might be resistant to a big change in an organization? And like, sure. if, and it would be great if you could provide some specific examples of that. Sure. Absolutely. One of the major ones that I like to deploy, and I, I'm, I highly advocate that change impact analysis should be a core function of any tactic that we deliver. And a change impact analysis is just what it sounds like. You understand what that desired change, how it's going to affect a particular stakeholder group or a particular individual. And I'll tell you a a quick story. And it just, everything seems to be dealing with driving, but I was working for a logistics company that had multiple trucks that were on the road and they they were going to change their changed their routing software and they didn't take into consideration how it was going to impact those individuals. So I walked them through a change impact analysis and they really came to the understanding that, okay, this driver is going to come in with new route sheets and his old way of doing his work is going to disappear. That light bulbs went off because Mm. drivers had been driving those same routes for years. And ironically, some of those drivers couldn't read. They had been taught the routes right? By previous drivers, but one guy couldn't read. So here he is coming in on the day of the change and gonna ha- they're going to hand him a piece of paper. And that would have been horrific. A really so, big problem. A really right. big problem. So yeah. the change impact analysis drove out that conversation and we put mitigating mm-hmm. actions in place where the management team decided to allow this individual to come in a day early and do a pre-route. And also on the day of the route, they brought in an extra gentleman 
to ride with him so he mm-hmm. could uh, coach him on the route to take. And they also uh, got him uh, remedial reading courses so they wouldn't have this issue again. So you can see the end result of a change impact analysis is quite meaningful when you get down to the people that actually do the work. Yeah, right. That's a great example. And I mean, it, it seems like what the important thing here is it's the people that change is it's not just for its own sake. It's impacting actual people at your company and human beings are complex. So it sounds like that that analysis is really to take that into consideration, especially. Absolutely. And the Change Impact Workshop is just a mechanism to get to that end. Mm-hmm. Change is seriously about the people and they're going to be affected and they're going to make or break the change, either inhibit or enable. So it's important to get to what they're going to experience and help them make that transition. And that's what that change impact workshop tactic did mm. for that particular client. Right. Okay. So now how do you measure the success of any set of given set of tactics, you know, that you're using to do what you just described to make the change work, to make it smoother? How do you measure whether it's working or not? Great question. We employ tactics all throughout the project life cycle. So at the early part of the um, project a tactic as far as executing a communications plan, right, would be the part of the initial phase of the project. And we take people through this continuum of awareness, general understanding, personal understanding, acceptance, commitment, and adoption. So we measure at every one of those stages whether someone is moving up that continuum. So if we do a huge communication campaign, at certain points, people going through the change should be more aware So we're measuring awareness. So we'll have what we call a readiness pulse check, which is another tactic where we will determine if the organization has moved up the continuum and the level of awareness is where we have decided collaboratively with the client where it needs to be. And if Mm -hmm. it's not, we put mitigating actions in place. So that's the means of measuring the readiness activities. And it could be that we uncover some things doing change impact analysis that people within the organization should have a better understanding of what they're going to experience. So you move away from awareness to understanding and you measure understanding through a readiness pulse check. Mm-hmm. And the one that resonates most with people is the communication effectiveness tactic that we use as well. So we go through a campaign, we deliver these messages and people hopefully receive them, but you want to know what they're hearing and you want to get that feedback. So you deploy a a communication effectiveness survey to determine how well you've done in your, in the, in the campaign and what measures need to be put in place to, to close those gaps. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is obviously crucial, right? To do these kind of assessments along the way as you're implementing change. So as you've just described, to, to know whether you're, you're still on the right path or not. Yeah, absolutely. You want to be able to course correct as you move forward. Right. And if something's not working, let's say we employ a tactic that just didn't get us the end results. We have to be able to track and measure that to determine if there's something else we need to do differently. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And that goes back to what we were saying before, that you need to change tactics if maybe they're not working, but you have to know whether it's working or not in the first place. Absolutely. And so that's as, as you've just described. Okay. So yeah, go on. No, no. And those are the measures that you put in place to allow you to do that. Those types of, of measurement tools. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So now what role do executives of an organization play in managing technology driven change? Well, the executives are the key, right? I like to explain how important they are because if you don't have active and visible sponsorship and leadership, then change can be derailed. 
If you don't have mm-hmm. alignment on strategic intent, so a leadership alignment workshop is another tactic that we deploy. So if there's two different beliefs of what we're trying to accomplish, and I've experienced that at a client where the strategic intent on one side of the house didn't align with the strategic mm-hmm. intent of the project on the other side of the house. So you have that misalignment. And if you don't ensure that leaders are aligned and that they can support, visibly support, and help drive the change, that puts the outcome at risk. Not saying you won't reach or get to a point of deployment, but how much pain do you want to experience? Is what I like to ask. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the answer to that is as little as possible. Absolutely. That would be <laughs> right. ideal. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, change, right. it, change is painful. So we know we're going to experience some aspects of it. Yeah. But if we can minimize that through tactical execution of a plan, then the better off the consultant and the client's going to be. Yeah. Okay, so as you described, the leadership has to be aligned, right? There can't be competing ideas of what this change is or how to implement it. But let's say once you have that alignment, what should executives be doing day to day? You know, once everything's aligned and the plan is set in motion, what do executives need to do day to day to make it work? They need to champion the the change and they need to hold their supervisors, managers, their direct reports accountable for driving that change. And they need to also look themselves in the mirror and determine what it is that they need to do to ensure that that change occurs. The point is, if you think about people within an organization, they want to hear from two people, their executive, the CEO, and their frontline supervisor. So it's up to that CEO to ensure that that frontline supervisor is aligned as well with the change and with the objectives, the goals, the strategic accomplishments that they're trying to get from this change, make sure that supervisor is aligned with the CEO and everybody in between. So it's up to the executives to ensure that that alignment occurs and to remove all obstacles for the change to be, be successful. You want to remove mm-hmm. all those obstacles. And that's okay. what the executives are, are, are should be focused on. Okay. And I imagine too that that involves continuous communication encouragement, and that removing those obstacles can take many different forms. Yeah, absolutely. When I say active and visible, that's throughout the project life cycle. Mm-hmm. There's been certain cases where a CEO or someone in an executive leadership position will kick off the project and then pretty much go away and leave it to others to, to run. And we know they are busy people, but in order for them to meet that objective and the, the goals of the project, they need to actively be involved. And our tactics will allow them, and we facilitate the execution of our tactics so they do stay involved. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting because, you know, I would imagine that most CEOs say, like, understand that and maybe even intend to stay involved, but it's easy to get distracted, right? Or to kind of lose sight of that because you're super busy with some other project. And so you actually need a system in place to keep you involved and make it easier for you as the CEO to, to remain involved like that. Absolutely. And that's what a tactical uh, change management plan execution is all right. about. The other tactic that works well in, a, in that scenario is something we call a change champion fa- framework. So I've had one client where we established change champions and the CEO held those change champions accountable to make this change come to fruition and to execute the change management plan as a part of their weekly reviews or their their touch points. How are we doing on the change? So it was part of their performance expectations and part of their reporting to that CEO. Each department had to give a a readout on how that that department was doing with, with that particular change effort. 
Okay, so the, and those expectations are made very explicit. And so there's nothing, not a lot left to question like, well, who, you know, who do we need to report to or who really cares about this? It's made very clear. Absolutely. And it's called ownership. Yeah. Someone has to own the change. And, and that's another misalignment that I've had at certain clients where mm -hmm. who owns this change? And nobody could, could point a finger at one person. So if there's ownership at the executive level and there's ownership at the, the department middle management level, then you have that alignment that you need. But then there's that accountability that needs to exist at the executive level to, for, for direct reports to do what they need to do to yeah. min mitigate risk and ensure that change occurs in a timely fashion. Okay. So, and, and, you know, my initial question here was what role do executives play? And it sounds like it's, the role is absolutely crucial that the people at the, at the top have to own and really drive this change and include those beneath them in the hierarchy, but it, it, they can't be absent from this process. No, not at all. It, it puts mm -hmm. the project at risk. Yes. Okay. So you've already described several tactics that you've used in your experience. Are there any other particular change management tactics that you haven't described already that are you know, really good ones, like that you'd want people listening to this podcast to know about? The stakeholder management is crucial. That tactic will allow you to do an analysis on individual stakeholders, right? So, so you're able to determine where pockets of resistance might lie, not only at the organizational level, but from an in, at an individual level. And if there are individuals that can't get on board with this pro with a particular project, then this stakeholder analysis will allow you to uncover potential obstacles that may be in the way, whether they don't understand what their role is, or they don't understand exactly what the strategic intent is, or if there's obstacles in the way, there, there's not a clear path for them to get on board. So those are the things that we uncover during our stakeholder analysis to put mitigating actions in place for individuals that might struggle with change. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a good one because I'm sure like, all it really takes is one or two people who aren't totally aligned or on board and can really derail the whole thing, at least temporarily. Yeah, it can be totally derailed. I've heard of instances where projects just seriously shut down or you just don't meet that expected return on investment. If you think about what these organizations are spending with the new technology that they're deploying, it's a huge investment. Yeah. Huge. So why put that investment at risk by not having a formal change management process, by not having a strategic approach to delivering this technology from an OCM perspective, change perspective, and not having a tactical means of executing and involving the individuals that actually get the work done? All those are critical pieces to, to a successful implementation. Okay. So what's at stake here in terms of the big picture? You know, what do organizations stand to gain or lose, depending on how well they manage organizational change? Well, there are statistics out there that state that projects stay within their expected budget. And there are studies that show that certain projects will exceed expectations from an ROI perspective when change management is involved. So it is a catalyst. It is an enabler for project success. Also, it will help you achieve that expected return on investment. And that's, to me, that's where the rubber meets the road again. Mm -hmm. But that's the whole, the sole purpose for implementing new technology or process improvements or other types of changes. There's a strategic reason for that happening. And in order to achieve that, you want to have every opportunity to meet those goals. And taking advantage of every opportunity, in my mind, is having a strong organizational change management presence for a particular initiative. Mm -hmm. And I think, as you mentioned, you know, a little bit earlier that 
if the change is not managed well, if you don't have those structures in place, then you might not get the full return on investment or as much, or the whole thing might be totally derailed and, and you've spent lots of money on some technology and it's just, a, it sort of is a waste. Yeah, absolutely. And there are statistics as well that depict that. There's a number of reasons why change management, why, excuse me, why projects fail. And one of the main contributors to that failure rate is not having a structured change management approach or investing in change management at all or not executing a change management methodology and plan to its fullest extent. Yeah, right. Okay, so there's quite a bit at stake here. Absolutely. Okay, so Julian, we've covered a lot of ground. What are the top two or three points that you want listeners to take away from our discussion? Well, I would say the top two or three things that are most important, as we've discussed, is to ensure that you have a tactical execution plan and that those tactics that you deploy fit the model of the client and the culture of the client and that you get the people that actually do the work involved. Establish your change champion networks at that supervisory level. Have key influencers identified so those individuals can help peer-to-peer help some of the folks get through the change that they go through. But the main thing to focus on is having a structured approach, having a strategy in place, aligning on the strategic intent of the uh, project, and then tactically execute the things that you know that's going to get you to that end point, to that desired state. Okay, great. Well, Julian, thank you so much for your insights and for a great discussion. Well, thank you, Jeremy. It was uh, quite pleasurable and I look forward to doing this again. The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com slash podcasts.